Welcome to the Boss in Heels podcast with your host, Lara Nassessian, the podcast that shares the mindset, habits, tools, and tactics of inspiring women. Hi, everyone. This is Lara Nassessian, and welcome to another episode of the Boss in Heels podcast. I'm always so happy to do these solo episodes because you guys ask for them and I'm so happy to provide them. And I have been receiving a lot of requests for different topics for the podcast. And one of those requests, which has come through a few times now, is about how to win over your boss, how to manage up how to understand the unsaid or unspoken rules of managing your boss in subtle ways to make your life and their life easier. And one of the comments that came through from one of my very lovely and loyal podcast listeners is that she said, you know, bad bosses are often the cause of a lot of work stress and a lot of unnecessary pressure and can really kind of be quite problematic. And what are some of those strategies? What are some of those ways that you can really implement and apply in your career to win over your boss? Because let me tell you, I think everything just runs so much smoother. Everyone's life is so much easier when you and your boss get along, when you're on the same page as each other. And there really are a few small things that you can do, which I'm going to share with you in today's episode that can really attribute to your success, that can help you to climb the corporate ladder. It can help you to get pay increases. There's so many benefits of you actually getting along with your boss and actually winning your boss over. So even if you are someone who is unlucky enough or unfortunate enough to have a horrible boss, and we've probably all been there at some point in our career. I know earlier on in my career, I definitely had one or two horrible bosses. And, you know, thankfully now, you know, in the last few years, I've never this has never been an issue for me, but I've been there firsthand. I know what it feels like. I've coached a lot of people through this as well. And people often sort of confide in me or share their stories about real difficulties that they've had with their bosses and how miserable it can really make their life. And so I know that we can't control other people, but we can control how we respond to them. We can control how we react and we can sometimes use some leverage to, you know, influence a better outcome for ourselves. And I'm not talking about exploiting people. Um, I'm just talking about some subtle strategies that can really make a massive difference um, and really get some great outcomes for yourself in, in the process as well. So before I get stuck into today's episode, you guys know the drill. If you listen to my podcast all the time, I, I probably sound a bit like a broken record. And if you're new, then welcome. If you have already subscribed and rated to the Boston Hills podcast. Thank you so very much. It goes such a long way and it really does help us to reach the right audiences. If you are listening to this episode and you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, 
can I ask that you please take a second to do so? It really takes like two seconds and it really does help us out enormously. The other couple of things that really, really help the podcast are you know, sharing it with a friend, family member, a colleague. You might know someone, for example, who's listening or who could really benefit from listening to this episode, someone who you know who struggles with their boss. Do you have a friend or a family member or colleague who complains to you about their horrible boss or they don't know how to manage up and they could really do some advice um, and some wisdom and some strategies that they can apply to that that situation, share this episode with them. Um, It helps them and helps us, you know, make sure that we're reaching the right people. And also, if you love this episode, then take a screenshot of it and tag me on Instagram. My handle is at bossonhills underscore. And I would love to reshare your posts when you're listening to this episode. I always love seeing them and it honestly brings me so much joy. So I just wanted to cover that off and we will get into today's episode. And like I said, today's episode is all about five ways to win over your boss. So whether you are in your dream job, whether you are just starting out in your career, maybe you're a few years in, maybe you're quite senior, it doesn't really matter where you are in terms of your corporate career and your corporate journey. You know, there's so many situations where we can find ourselves in a job and only to sort of find out that the boss is perhaps not the most supportive or motivating leader that you thought you saw during the interview. Perhaps you find that you're constantly trying your best effort at work and nothing ever seems to be good enough. Like perhaps your boss is constantly criticizing the work that you're doing and you just never feel like you can kind of get ahead ahead of the curb. Perhaps you heard rumors that your boss was a bit of a tough nut, but you decided to take the job anyway. Perhaps you have been in your role and been in the company for a long time and your boss has left the business and someone else has been appointed into a leadership role that you now report into and you find that you're not really connecting with that person, you're not really getting along with that person what do you do? (laughs) Um, I hope to try and cover as much ground as I can in this episode and also give you some tactical tools and tips that you can really apply to your career. So the first strategy that I wanted to share with you is, it might sound quite basic, but it really does go a long way. And that is to do your job and to do your job really well. Again, I know that might sound like a really obvious piece of advice, but if you are not even meeting the minimum requirements of your role, I'm sorry, but you don't really have any leg to stand on. If you aren't doing your job properly, if you are not meeting the requirements of your job, if you're not delivering things to a good to high standard, if you are not delivering things on time, you know, how do you think that that is going to be perceived by your boss? If your boss asks something of you, if your boss asks you to do something, 
You just need to get it done. Don't wait for your boss to keep reminding you to submit that report or put together that proposal or, you know, send through that strategy document that you've been, you know, meant to do and they've been hounding you for weeks and weeks. You know, make sure that you're doing your job and you are meeting all of the deadlines and the requirements of your role. This is really fundamental, basic 101. Um, if there is, you know, a, an issue or a delay with something, you know, make sure that you're communicating this and explaining the reason for the delay. I always think that it's better for you to over communicate rather than to under communicate. So if you think that something is not going to go to plan, if you think that you need help with something, if you think you're really going to struggle with something, put your hand up and say so. Don't wait until, you know, the penny has dropped until you, you know, and your boss finds out that something hasn't happened when it should have. Um, I'm a big believer in, you know, communicating over-communicating sometimes um, and just making sure that you are meeting all of the requirements of your role. Um, You know, the less that your boss has to focus on what you're doing, your daily tasks, the basic requirements of your role, the more it frees up their time to focus on what they need to do. So really our job is, you know, to make our boss's life easier not more difficult. If you are approaching work, if you're approaching your boss with the mindset of, you know, they need to do things for you, then I'm sorry, but you've kind of got it all wrong. (laughs) Um, That kind of attitude is really not going to help you. Sorry if that, you know, offends anyone. Actually, I'm not really sorry. I'm just going to speak the truth because, and, and I speak from a place of experience. I've been in a corporate role for over 11 years now, and I have been very successful in my corporate career. And I'm also a general manager of HR as well. So I can see both sides of it. And I know what it feels like to be on the employer's side and the employee side. And if you are approaching work with the expectation that your boss should be doing all of these things for you before you've actually demonstrated your own value, you really are doing it wrong. You will get invested in, people will notice you when you start outperforming, when you start really shining. The same goes for, you know, when you want to ask for things like a pay increase. Don't think that you're going to, you know, get by by just doing the minimum requirements of your role, doing the minimum nine to five, just enough, just good enough mentality. That is the stuff that kills careers and kills dreams. Because if the way that you do anything is really the way that you do everything. So no matter if even if you think something is so seemingly small. It really is an indicator of how you approach everything else. If you don't really care about the small minutiae details or the small easy things or the simple things, how are you going to apply those better principles when it comes to the big important stuff, the things that really do matter and the things that do count? Um, So I really think there is something to be said about you know, maintaining a very high standard. And um, on this point, um, I want to share 
might have spoken about it before on the podcast, but I wanted to share some insights from Anne Mirico, who is the founder of Floodgate Venture Capitalist Firm. And she's also an entrepreneurship, um, she's sorry, a lecturer in entrepreneurship at Stanford. And she has been named by Forbes as the most powerful woman in startups. And she talks about this premise of having, you know, really high standards and always delivering a world-class performance. So this notion was really instilled in her from uh, when she was a child and her dad constantly used to ask her, are you going to deliver a world-class performance? And because he constantly drilled this same message in her over and over again, Anytime she did anything, she would constantly ask herself, her dad would ask her, are you going to deliver a world-class performance? How are you going to deliver a world-class performance? And this really transpired from her childhood through to her adolescence in her studies at university and then into her corporate life as well. And so, irrespective of whether she was picking up donuts or photocopying documents, she would ask herself, how am I going to deliver a world-class performance? And so when it came to things like picking up donuts, she would make sure that she would pick up the fresh donuts instead of the ones that had been standing out in the basket for a while. She'd specifically ask the person behind the counter, could I please have the freshest donuts? And she would make sure that she would deliver those as opposed to the ones that had been out all day. And then when it came to things like photocopying documents, she would ensure that everything was straight and that the color matched. And she would make sure that she would get really crisp copies that didn't even look like they were photocopies. So at every step of the way, it was, what could I do to make this experience delightful? Or what could I do to make this world class? And by her having that attitude, she actually got recognized as an intern and she was pinpointed and she stood out from the crowd because she was willing to go the extra mile. She was willing to do the things that other people thought were good enough. Um, and she took that an extra 10%, an extra 20% further. And um, Jess Wilson, who was one of my very first guests on the podcast, um, she actually also spoke to this same notion about do 20% more than what people expect of you because most people are not willing to do that. And so if you really want to stand out from the crowd, if you want to win over your boss, if you want to be recognized for a pay increase, do 20% more than what is actually expected or required of you. And when you actually just stop and ask yourself with every task, like in Anne Mirico's case, photocopying documents and and picking up donuts, she stopped and asked herself, what does 20% more look like? What does a world-class you know, d- performance look like? So stopping and asking yourself that at every step of the way, even if it does seem like seemingly small, minutia details that don't really matter. Like I said before, how you do anything is how you do everything. So step number one is really just to do your job and to do it really, really well. The second strategy that I wanted to share with you is to manage your boss's expectations. So one thing that I think has really served me quite well in my professional career is to actually 
pay attention to who my boss is, who I'm reporting into, what are their personal preferences, what do they like, how do they like to operate, what are the things that matter to them, what are the things that they care about and what are some of the things that they don't really care about. How often do they expect to receive updates from you on certain things? What are some of the things that they want to be involved in versus what are some of the things that they really don't care about and they're happy for you just to completely deal with it and, you know, run with it and they don't want to hear a bar of it. Um, Understanding who your boss is as a human being on a human level, on a personal level, and on a professional level goes such a long way. Because when you actually listen, when you actually observe and you pay attention to those little signs or those little preferences that come to light and come to the surface, it really can help you to navigate yourself in a way that is going to be quite favorable. And it actually goes such a long way as well because you're not just kind of coasting by like everybody else in the team might be. You're actually getting to know your boss on quite an intimate level and actually asking the right questions to make sure that you're able to then manage and exceed their expectations. If you don't even know what they're looking for, if you don't know what they like or what they want, you're not going to meet their expectations, let alone be able to exceed their expectations. And being able to really go that extra mile really comes down to understanding what is it that they're looking for in the first place. And understanding these types of elements means that you're you know able to really manage the expectations of your boss it will lead to a more positive and pr- productive relationship it will get you noticed it means that you are paying attention to the details and the things that they really care about and the things that matter to them and it also means that you're able to build a real human connection with them as well. So we don't always have to have these robotic sort of relationships and be scared of our boss because at the end of the day, they're just a human as well. And I know from personal experience, the early um, periods and stages of my career when I was quite young and in my early 20s, especially when I first kind of stepped into a corporate environment and corporate role, I was terrified, absolutely terrified of my boss, terrified of the CEO. My God, if they so much as called me to their office, I'd be like shaking in my boots, even if it was for something nice. I always just had this like guilty conscious that I'd done something wrong or I was going to get into trouble or something that I did wasn't going to be good enough. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, they're just humans and they're just humans who have applied themselves and be able to get to a certain point in their professional lives, but they're human beings at the end of the day and actually making a point of getting to know them, you know, show an interest in them, ask them questions. Um, If you watched my recent interview with my executive coach, the wonderful Chris Morsley, which by the way, if you have not listened to that episode, I strongly recommend that you do. I have received so many, so many messages 
so many DMs and emails and beautiful reviews from that episode saying that it has been a life-changing episode for people, that they're blown away, that it's spectacular episode. And honestly, Chris is a spectacular human being and I'm so blessed and lucky that I get to not only have him as my executive coach, but also that I get to call him my friend is actually really, really cool. But he actually talked about this in detail in that episode. Um, I'll have a quick look now for you. It is episode number 50. I don't know how I forgot that. Episode number 50. And you can actually watch the full episode on my YouTube channel, Boss in Heels TV. If you have not subscribed and listened and watched Boss in Hills TV, please do so. Um, I'll put the direct link in the show notes. And um, I really, really recommend that you watch the episode with Chris because he's an absolute master in power, persuasion, influence, making an impact. Um, These are all of the things that Chris really specializes in. And he talks about, you know, if you really want to build a connection, if you really want to become powerful, then find out someone else's story. Ask them questions about who they are, what their preferences are, what they like to do. Who are they as a human being? What do they really want? You know, understanding people on a deep level builds trust, builds real connection, builds personality There's so many benefits of actually getting to know your boss on a human level. And you might be listening to this and being like, Lara, I really don't like my boss. I'm really not interested in getting to to know them on a deeper level. But by understanding them on a deeper level, it makes you more compassionate as a human being. It maybe explains a little bit more about why they are the way they are. Um. It might explain why they deal with things in a certain way. You might see it as being rude or abrupt, but maybe they're dealing with their own stuff. Maybe they are dealing with their own set of insecurity. Maybe they actually have a sense of imposter syndrome where they don't even think they're deserving of the job that they're in and therefore they're taking it out in other ways. I'm not saying that that's acceptable. I'm definitely not condoning that. I'm just saying that it gives us another layer of understanding and empathy. And I think that when we're able to actually empathize with a human on a human level and understand why they are the way they are, then we're able to better navigate through that situation. We're better able to deal with that person because we know what their sore point is. We know what that point of vulnerability is for them. And remember, they're just humans at the end of the day. Everyone is a human first and foremost, you know, beyond, you know, the job title or the amount of money that they're getting paid a year. All of that kind of stuff is sort of irrelevant. And I think that we put so much weight on status and we put so much weight on because someone has the title CEO, we're scared of them and we're intimidated by them. But what I learned through experience and with age is that fundamentally it comes down to human connection 
And I really think that when you get to know people on a deeper level, it really does build that trust. It builds that connection. And it means that you're able to, again, gain more favorable outcomes for yourself because if they trust you, if they see the good work that you're doing, then they're going to be more likely to advocate for you. And I'm not saying that, you know, this is the case for everyone. Of course, there's some people out there that are just absolute, you know, monsters and horrible to deal with. Like, I get that. Trust me, I've heard so many stories. I've heard and seen it all. But if you can do what you can within your power to actually break down some of those boundaries and get to know them, show an interest in who they are and in their life, then that can really go a very long way. So number two is to get to know them on a personal level and then be able to manage and exceed their expectations. The third strategy that I wanted to share with you, and I guess this is kind of like a little bit of a follow on from my previous point, is to be able to preempt the needs of your manager. It is a real skill to preempt the needs of your boss and the people who are around you. When you have a really positive attitude and you demonstrate a level of initiative, They are among some of the top qualities that I know I look for and I know other leaders look for when interviewing someone to be part of their team. Yes, there is absolutely an element of the skills and experience and, you know, those types of things, you know, ticking the box. But I always believe that, you know, the skills can be taught, but the attitude is what I really look for. Um, People that have got the willingness to go above and beyond. People who have got a positive attitude. People that are open and willing to learn and try new things. People that, you know, want to be there, you know, and, and want to really make a positive impact and who have those shared values. Like those things are not as easy to teach because people have to want to change. And unless people want to change, then it's very, very difficult to change someone else's behavior. So, you know, for me personally, as someone who's been in a leadership position for year, many, many years, I personally, I cannot stand when people just want to do the absolute bare minimum, but then they also think that they then deserve all of these extra things and all of the bells and whistles. And I'll often ask people, well, what are you doing to get noticed? What have you actually done which warrants this significant pay increase that you're asking for? Because without having actually any proof or any evidence that demonstrates, you know, that we've done something above and beyond, you really don't have a strong case. And what I always kind of recommend to people when they come to me and they ask for these types of things or one advice in terms of career or climbing the corporate ladder or getting a pay increase or whatever it looks like is to really start shining in your role. If you're not smashing your responsibilities out of the park, if you are not positioning yourself as a standout employee, if you're not doing anything extra, then how do you expect anyone to, you know, 
attend to your demands or your requests or your expectations. And I will give you a bit of a newsflash. Nobody cares in a corporate environment. Nobody cares about what your personal circumstances are when it comes to things like asking for a pay increase. And I'm not saying that to sound mean. I'm just speaking the truth because if you, for example, want to live a bit more of a lavish lifestyle and you want to be able to, you know, maybe you're sharing, um, you know, a house with someone or an apartment with someone, you've got flatmates, you want to be able to afford to move out into your own apartment. I'm just using this as an example. But like, it's not your company's problem. It's not your boss's problem that you want to do that. That's a personal goal that you have set for yourself. So what are you going to do to position yourself in a way that you're going to be able to achieve your personal goal? Well, it comes down to money and finances, right? Because if you had the money finances and you'd have the resources to be able to move into your own apartment rather than having to, you know, share an apartment with with other people. And it's not actually up to you know your your boss's problem it's not your company's problem if you want to do that for yourself that's on you that's something that you want to do so that's not a reason to ask for a pay increase is oh i need to afford a better lifestyle for myself well that's all well and good and power to you like i'm all about elevating yourself and achieving personal goals and dreaming big and working really hard. But that's the point. You have to work for it. You can't just wish for it. And um, when it comes to looking at pay increases and those types of opportunities to get ahead in your career, it really does come down to what you're willing to do. What kinds of sacrifices are you willing to make? What is the value that you're willing to bring into your company, bring to your boss, bring into the marketplace? That is what you are going to get marked on, not your wishes and your dreams. So what I would say is one way that you can really, again, stand out from the crowd is to really shine, to really go above and beyond, and also to preempt the needs of your boss and the people around you. This is such a skill that really does tie into point number two around, you know, managing and understanding and then being able to exceed expectations is, for example, if you see your boss looking really stressed out because they've got a huge amount of pressure on them and they've got all of these deadlines that they need to achieve, try asking them if there's something that you can do to make their life easier, something that you can do to take off their plate. Um, Try understanding what their needs are and what their requirements are before being asked to do it. So do something before you're asked to do it. That is what preempting needs is all about. And that is something that not many people do at all. Not many people do it. People might like to think that they do that or it sounds really nice, but in in reality, not a lot of people pay attention to the needs of their boss or the needs of people around them because they're too busy thinking about themselves. Nothing wrong with that. But I'm saying if you really want to take things a step further, if you really want to get noticed, then preempting needs of your boss and of the people around you doing things above and beyond, doing it before you're asked to do it, before you're reminded to do it, before you're prompted to do it, 
you know, these things around exceeding expectations and being willing to go above and beyond that really does go a long way. And I've done that for so much of my career. I really paid my dues. I really went above and beyond, you know, especially in my twenties when I was just grinding and grinding and I built a reputation of being that person who was willing to do whatever it took to get the job done and to get the job done really well to a very high standard that I would be proud of and that my boss would be proud of and that reflected well for the company. And so reframing some of those things, some of those preconceived notions can also go a really long way. So number three is to preempt needs and to go above and beyond. The fourth strategy that I wanted to share with you to be able to win over your boss is loyalty. And this is important to talk about because loyalty, honesty, commitment, all of these types of things to your boss are really important qualities to to possess if you want to do well in your job. And again, I know if you're someone that's got a little bit of a more difficult boss to work with, it's going to be a little bit more challenging for you to even want to do this. But again, I think that if you actually want to win over your boss, if you actually want to get ahead, you're going to have to start really embodying some of these behaviors. And the thing is that your boss not only needs to trust you to be able to get the job done, but they also need to know that you are someone who's going to be loyal to them on a personal and professional level. So for example, if you have a problem with something about your boss, if you have an issue with something that they've done, do not go around talking to everyone and every er, anyone and everyone else about it. Because that just shows complete disloyalty to your boss. Even if you really have an issue, choose how you're going to approach it a little bit more strategically than to start gossiping behind your boss's back. Because one thing I would tell you is that whatever goes around comes around. And when you kind of put that out there, it's only a matter of time before your boss will catch wind of it. Because even if you think that the person that you're confiding in, in your team or in someone else's team is, you know, going to be loyal to you, well, you don't know what kind of a relationship they might have with your boss and whether they're just going to go run back and tell them or if they find out in a little bit of an indirect way. But those types of things are really what breaks trust and breaks loyalty. And it is so difficult to get that in the first place, let alone to reestablish it after it's been broken. So my advice is don't break it in the first place. And if you actually have an issue with something that they have done, try talking to your boss directly in the first place. Like that would always be my recommendation. If your boss has done something to upset you, offend you, whatever it may mean, For the sake of your relationship with them, always in the first instance, try your best to approach it directly with them. And they don't have to, you don't have to do it in a aggressive way. You don't have to do it in a rude way. You don't have to do it in a condescending way. 
You don't have to be abrupt about it. You know, none of these things, but you can do it really privately and you could, you know, approach the situation like, you know, hey, you know, Sally, um, you know, I just wanted to let you know, you know, I really enjoy, you know, my working relationship with you. And, you know, the other day when, you know, you asked me to do that and I just felt like you were putting me down in front of the rest of the team and I wanted to be able to bring it to your attention because I understand that you're, you know, under a lot of pressure and you've got a lot of stress and you've got a lot of things on your plate. But I just wanted to let you know that it made me feel you know, really bad and, you know, I'm doing my best and, you know, I've taken your feedback on board, but, you know, moving forward, I'd appreciate if you could address it directly with me in one of these one-to-ones rather than kind of publicly in front of the team. For example, you know, there's so many other things that come up, which I'm sure I could talk about, but just as a, a quick example to just kind of highlight like the way that you could approach these types of things. Obviously, there's things that can happen in a workplace where things like, you know, if you're getting bullied or harassed or things like that, they're absolutely not things that you should stand for and your company should have processes in place to be able to deal with those kinds of things, whether it's, you know, a grievance resolution policy or something to that effect. But giving your opportunity, first opportunity to your boss to share that feedback with them privately and directly and politely and professionally Because if you go around talking to anyone and everyone else about it, like I said, it could really, you know, have a lot of potential to damage your relationship with them and to cause some irreparable damage. So I appreciate sometimes we need to vent or we need to let things out, but just be really careful about how you choose to do that. And, you know, talking openly to your partner about something versus, you know, talking to a whole group of people around the lunch table about something is two very different situations. And you can always also approach your HR department and ask for advice and say, you know, I'm struggling with my boss because of this, this and this reason. At this stage, I don't want to raise a formal grievance. I'm just asking for your advice in terms of how I could best approach the situation. And I'm sure that they would be willing to kind of talk you through that process. And there are, you know, measures put in place into organizations to protect employees if they do have an issue or a grievance that they are not negatively impacted as a result of coming forward. So that that loyalty to your boss is something that is really important and can really go a long way. The fifth strategy that I wanted to share, fifth and final strategy is to find solutions. So rather than being that person who constantly goes to their boss every time they have a problem, try putting some thought into finding solutions first before you present them with the problem. So, for example, if you have an issue, try and work through what could be two or three different solutions to that issue. Perhaps it is, you know, course correcting something and putting some mechanisms in place to put things on the right path in the way that they should be. You know, that could be an example of one thing that you could do. Um, I can't really think of any examples off the top of my head, but, you know, things do come up all the time in terms of problems and solutions that need to be made to those problems. And your boss is likely, you know, they may just, you know, 
have you in their team. They might have a large team. And imagine if they do have quite a large team, how many other problems they are having to solve in a day. There is a real thing called decision fatigue. And, you know, we do actually, there's actually scientific studies which demonstrate that we actually get burnt out from having to make too many decisions in a day. And so the way that I would, you know, for example, approach a problem is to put forward three possible solutions to that problem and then also put forward what my recommendation would be. So, for example, the solution is, you know, A, B or C. I would personally recommend that we go for option B because of this, this and this reason. And the difference in presenting a problem to them in that way as opposed to, hey, I have this problem and I don't know what to do about it, you know, that actually can be quite lazy and not saying that you should have the answers to anything and everything all the time. Um, I don't think that it's realistic to think that, but I think just showing that you've put effort into thinking about a solution and that you've done some thought and you've done some homework before you've just kind of you know, shared that with them. And that goes a really, really long way. And it also demonstrates that you're capable of making decisions within the scope of your role. It shows that you have leadership capabilities. It shows that you're able to think outside of the box. It also shows your boss that they are able to really count on you when it comes to finding solutions or dealing with issues. And it can ultimately lead to you getting more responsibility more opportunities, promotional opportunities, pay increases, et cetera, down the line. So number five is to find solutions rather than just focusing on the problem. So just to summarize, my five key ways that you can win over your boss is number one, to do your job and to do it really well. Number two is to manage your boss's expectations and to exceed their expectations Number three is to preempt the needs of your boss and those around you. Number four is to show a level of loyalty and make sure that you're dealing with issues in private rather than publicly sharing them. And number five is to find and present solutions rather than just presenting problems. So I hope that you found those five strategies useful. Let me know if any of this has really resonated with you and if there's been any particular key takeaway that you are going to apply in your career or in your relationship with your boss moving forward. And please, like I said, if you enjoyed it, then take a screenshot let me know what your key takeaway key takeaway was and tag me on Instagram on my handle um, at Boston Hills underscore and also take a moment to refer this mo- this this episode to su- subscribe and rate the episode and also to really share it with someone who you think could really benefit from 
listening to these strategies, anyone who you know that might struggle with their relationship with their current boss or has potential to have had issues in the past or in the future and you think could really, really use some of these strategies. So I hope that you found it useful. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate each and every one of you who tune in each week and I will be back next week with a brand new episode of the Boss in Hills podcast. Until then, I hope that you have a beautiful and productive and wonderful week ahead. Chat soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Boss in Heels podcast. Be sure to visit bossinheels.com for a ton of information, resources, and articles on all things career and personal development. And subscribe to this podcast for all future episodes.